What's up, Cougar Nation? This is Tyler Batty. Tyler Batty again. Tyler Batty comes in the game and right off the edge, just the three-man rush. And he's tackled on the backfield by Tyler Batty. Welcome on in to the Cougar Tracks podcast. I'm your BYU insider, Mitch Harper, for kslsports.com. Week two of the BYU football season is here. And joining me is a BYU captain, fresh off a of five tackle, one and a half of which were for loss and a one-sack performance and a win over Sam Houston. He is, of course, Tyler Batty. It's his show every single week <laughs> at midweek. Tyler, how does it feel to be part of a shutout, the first in nine years for BYU? It was awesome. It was awesome. That's been a... Uh... You know, it's been a defensive goal or just, you know, it's something you want to see as a defense uh, every game. And so to finally uh, make that happen, it was really awesome. BYU defeats Sam Houston 14-0. to What was your assessment of, of game one in, in Jay Hill's new defensive scheme? Yeah, absolutely. It was awesome. Uh, the guys went out. They were disciplined. They executed uh, for, what was it, 13 possessions, yep. something like that. Um, you know, that we got off the field, uh, and yeah, didn't give up any points. You know, we were in some tricky situations, but again, I was just super proud of our guys, uh, for just sticking to their guns and just playing lights out. It was, it was fun to be a part of. It was fun to watch, uh, you know, guys, you know, get picks, uh, and, and just make tackles and make plays. That was a blast to be on the field. Kalani said in the post game that some players had, as he put it, long faces. Were, did you have a long face, or were you excited because it was a shutout? Um, or what, what's that dynamic <laughs> like when you're the captain and you're like, you've been on that side before? Yeah, no, and that's, you know, there's some games where it, it feels, it honestly feels, you win the game, but it feels like a loss. Yeah. And there's honestly some games where you lose, but it feels like a win. You know, Notre Dame was one of those for me last mm. year. You know, after... After we lost to them, walking off the field, um, you know, and I, it was a messy game, and you know, it wasn't everything didn't work out perfect. You know, we of course we ended up losing, but that was one of the games. I was like, man, like I feel like we won. That. There was improvements made defensively, yeah, yeah and, and I was super proud of our guys, you know, and how they played. And you know, I felt the same thing last night, but you know, of course, you want to see everyone compete sure. and, and play to their best of their ability, and so you know, that's where some of the long faces came from. Is guys just you know, disappointed that they didn't do what they know they're capable of. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's rough because that doesn't feel like a win. Talking with, of course, Tyler Batty every single week here on Cougar Tracks. You can follow Tyler on Instagram, uh, Tyler underscore Batty. Any other socials, Tyler, that I may be missing? You got a LinkedIn that, that you want people to uh, add you on there? Uh, I know that was once a thing. You guys did the headshots for LinkedIn uh-huh. a couple of years back. Yeah. No, there, I do have a LinkedIn. <laughs> You're welcome to go connect. add me on there. Connect. Yes, we can link up. Uh, I'm not very active on that. Honestly, not very Who active is? on Twitter. And, uh, you know, I'm semi-active on Instagram, yeah. so especially during the season. TikTok. Yeah, uh, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. I was trying to get Tyler to, and and obviously Isaac Rex, who does um, an interview as well with me, to do a TikTok to introduce to, but it didn't work. My my wife was kind of the the catalyst behind that idea, but then I was thinking, no, I don't want to put these guys to the ringer with this. But anyway, uh, I want to get revisit third and three opening drive. You come up with the sack on Sam Houston quarterback Keegan Shoemaker. Walk us through that play and. What's running through your mind when you see that ball hit the turf? Uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> that that really is it. Um, 
you know, I, I, I was actually, uh, you know, personally, that was one of my goals uh, going into the game was first drive, we're out there, make mm-hmm. a statement, either a big TFL or a sack. Um, and, uh, you know, I was trying to get that done, and it, you know, just so happened that Sam Houston made it a little bit easier on me. Um, and so, uh, yeah, just getting off the ball, knew, knew they were going to throw it, um, and then seeing that ball hit the ground, you know, out of the corner of my eyes as, as I'm getting off the ball. It's like, oh, ball's on the ground. Uh, and I thought he was just going to dive on it. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> that, was, that really was my initial thought. I was like, okay, go see him scrambling. Oh, he's, gonna, he's just going to jump on it and take the L. And he picked it up. And I was like, oh, okay, bet. Game on. Game on. And so, uh, yeah, did, uh, did my best. I was, I was trying to catch up to him. I was matching pace with him. Um, I wasn't really gaining, but I'd gotten close enough. But he was headed to the sideline, and it was just like, Oh, like it's 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 that now or never moment where you either jump or you don't, and uh, jumped and it tripped him up, and it was uh yeah, it was an exciting moment. How would you describe the feeling for those listening who probably is everyone listening that has never experienced what you experienced—the <laughs> feeling of getting a sack in a college football game or any game football game, honestly? Yeah, it's just like it's euphoria. It's just like pure adrenaline, happiness, just like achieve a yes, yes just yeah it's it's such a good feeling it's funny you ask uh one of the freshmen on our team the other day we're sitting in the locker room and, and he asked me he's like all right what are the best like you've played enough college football what are the best three feelings while you're out on the field and i was like for me number one it's a sack uh number two like like winning a, a close game or a rivalry you know or an upset you know when people storm the field like that's that's a close second I can't remember what I said for the third but uh you know after the game he was like so how'd it feel I was like what I told you about it's the best feeling so that sack had to have been really sweeter than most because of all the adversity the defense faced last year opening drive New era, new conference, new defensive coordinator, and to get that moment on a third down, because that was a much publicized down where you guys had struggles last year, that just had to be pretty sweet. Yeah, it was. I, again, that was like one of my that was one of my big uh, personal focuses and goals was to yeah make more of an impact on third downs. You know, as we uh, we've changed up our defensive scheme, um, and and especially in the opening drive, that was that was where I wanted to make the impact and just yeah show people that hey we're. We're get we're going to be getting after people. How so. big of a tone setter was that opening drive stop? And just the belief, the buy-in that yeah, this work that we put in all off season with Coach Hill and Coach Papinga and Coach Buhoff, you're on the defensive tackles and all the defensive coaches. Just the buy-in right there, like this is validation. Yeah, absolutely, it was huge. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It was huge. You know, I think, uh, and I think everyone, including ourselves would have been disappointed if things had gone different. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe, you know, it didn't have to be a three and out per se, but, um, you know, just getting off the field on that third drive in a, uh, I would say in a controlled and dominant manner, you know what I mean? Not in like, Hey, you know, like we barely, they marched (laughs) the field and, you know, and in a very dominant way said, Hey, no, we're going to, we're going to stop you. We're going to, we're going to, we're not going to give it up. You're going to have to make plays in order to, in order to get this. We're going to make you earn it. Um, also shout out to Cougar nation for being a part of that. Uh, Lavelle Edwards for, for not being sold out was absolutely rocking. I know we were probably pretty close to sold out, but, uh, it was absolutely rocking and it caused a lot of mayhem offensively for them. 59,000 six fans <laughs> were in attendance. 
Uh, Jay Hill said that he was impressed with how loud the crowd was at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. He said he was losing his voice calling the plays. What 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 did you think of the volume inside LES? Was yeah. it just deafening loud for you guys? Yeah, yeah it was. Um, yeah, it really... Uh, our fans show up. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to all of Cougar Nation. You know, everyone coming to the games and... Um, it's a huge home field advantage, and and it's funny. Uh, our coaches really stress that. You know, uh, Coach Papinga really stressed it. He's like, man, there's no. He's like, he's he's coached at some different schools. He's been in a lot of you know uh, power five uh, environments, and he's like, there's there's something really special about Lavelle Edwards, right? Um, just playing games there, special to him, but also, yeah. I mean, you talked to I think Sam Houston's coach made a remark after the game, something yep. to that effect, right? You Louder know, than it, Texas A and M. Yeah, louder than Texas A&M. You know, we'll, we'll take that. We have fans that show up, and, and yeah, when we get down there with the student section and and, and all of our fans just going ballistic, um, it's it's a huge advantage to us because it just causes mayhem for their communication offensively. You mentioned Coach Papinga, and, and I know it's a it's a sensitive topic, but uh, how's, how's he doing? I know I asked because he's your defensive end coach, and he – for those that don't know, his his nephew passed away, Brady Papinga's son. How's K-pop doing? Is is kind of the defensive ends rallied around him? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we 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 love uh, Coach Papinga and and uh, and his family. And um, what a tragedy, man, uh, for that to happen um, to to his to his nephew. Uh, and so, um, yeah, you know, we uh, we just tried, yeah, to do our best to support him and and support their family and and just show him show them love at a time like this, uh, it's, yeah, that's not easy. That's not easy, man, uh, going through a situation like that, especially smack dab in sure. the middle of your busiest time of the year. Um, but, uh, you know, just props to, to Coach Papinga. He, you know, he hasn't skipped a beat. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, yeah, he's a, he's a stud, and, and yeah, he's uh, we've, we've done our best to, yeah, help support him. And I, I was uh... – I was pretty uh, kind of awestruck too in the post game. I heard Kalani mention to the radio broadcast that Tava, his father, passed away that day, and he played. And it's just it, sometimes the, uh, the you know the the emotions you know come out in the field, and sometimes that can play a role on, on how things are, are uh, you know things play out. So it's good to hear that Coach K Pop still doing uh, okay during a difficult time. Tyler, with uh, you know BYU, Sam Houston, that was a uh, a game where the defense played played great. You know, pitching a shutout. Is there anything though that you feel was missed opportunities or, or areas that could have gotten better for for the defense in the first game of the season? Yeah, I think we. Uh, you know, we'll start we'll start up front. I think we had. Uh, missed opportunities for sacks and TFLs. About, uh, about nine quarterback hurries, or it was, yeah. it was. There was a lot of opportunities. It seemed like. Yeah, uh, I I personally was frustrated, and I was you know maybe one of those people with a long face after the game just because <laughs> you know had higher aspirations for the game. Um, got close, just not close enough. Uh, you know, on a couple, and so um, you know we definitely defensive line wise could have and should have came away. Uh, you know, with more sacks, more TFLs. And so, of course, that's something we're always working on. Um, you know, linebackers, same thing, right? They, you know, our linebackers played great, um, but there's always opportunity for, um, you know, more picks, right? They're doing three-step. There were a lot of missed opportunities there uh, for interceptions or PBUs. Uh, and then, you know, we had some dropped uh, interceptions, you know, where just wide open and just, you know, just drop the ball. So, um 
Absolutely. We want to capitalize on every opportunity. And that's something that we're really focused on going into SUU is just anytime we have an opportunity to make a play, do it right. Make the play right. Make the TFL, make the sack, uh, just be in a better position to do so. Um, yeah, just playing better so that when those opportunities do come around, we can capitalize on them. You called it last week, though, that the Havoc number was going to go up uh, through week one. You guys are at a 22.8% clip. I'm sure you'd like to have that higher, but solid week one number. I was curious, too, do you ever watch the TV broadcast when you're breaking down film, or is it always the All-22, what Braden Woodall and the video crew <laughs> give you? Is it is it just the All-22, or do you ever see the TV broadcast? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's um, when we're scouting a team, because um, just when you're looking at flow of the game, you know, with special teams and, and all the different plays, you know, uh, going on. Absolutely. You know, you'll watch the TV broadcast. Occasionally, I'll watch, uh, you know, a TV broadcast from one of our own games. But um, most of the time it is that clipped up, you know, put together uh, film that we get from. How, how quick is it that uh, you get it to the to the team-issued iPad that you got the footage? Oh, it's... Instant? Post-game? Yeah. Post-game, I swear, it's like 30 minutes. Wow. It's like... Braden, Braden's phenomenal, and the team, you know, he's assembled is great, so it's legit. They get done with the game, and I swear they're over... As soon as the game ends, they're at the facility uploading it. I don't think I've ever like for a home game, went to watch film, you know, by the time I'm showered off, cleaned up, and I get home and, and sit down to watch the film, I don't think there's ever been a time the film hasn't been hmm. up. So, Oh, I asked, too, on the TV broadcast side, because your wife made a cameo. Yeah, did that? I did, I did she was, see that. They, did, they got the camera shot on her. I was like, because <laughs> I, I had a video running in, in the booth, so I have the I have like an AirPod in. I'm watching the game. One ear's open, and I got on my iPad the the video feed just to hear if any of the commentators say some interesting nugget. And then I was like, hey, "There's Tyler's wife, Elena." So uh, <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was interesting to see see that as well. Uh, again, you guys get take down Sam Houston one to zero, and and that's a great way to start the season. I, I, you know, some of the key plays on the defensive side, though, we got to touch on the third quarter. You guys are backed up against it after a. Fake punt, a fourth and six. <laughs> Kalani doubled down and said he he called that thing. And hey, Rico's a heck of an athlete. He he yeah. could have pulled it off, yeah. and and he's done it in the past. But that one goes sideways. What's running through you and the defense mind when you get put in that situation where they take over in the red zone? Um, <laughs> uh, it's just you just gotta look. You know, probably not great things. <laughs> That's but fair. You just gotta, you know, if we're being, if we're ble- being honest. Yeah. Um, but no, you just gotta, you just gotta say, hey, this is another opportunity to go play ball. We, boom, let's do it. Let's, and I, I think we have a great group of guys that that's how they handled it, right? It wasn't like, there were no long faces in that yeah. moment. It was, it's business as usual. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, we're on our own 20 backed up like that. Guys went out and just said, no, we're, and you guys had the half, scoring, and you guys had the halftime break, so you're fresh. Yeah. It wasn't like you had all these plays consecutively. Yeah. No, and so it was. Yeah, it was really. Um, it was awesome to see. Uh, super proud of our, our of our defense. Um, you know, especially our secondary. You know, in, in situations like that, it can get hairy that high to mid red zone um, with just rub routes and and all the you know maybe option routes. Uh, it can get confusing for our guys on the back end, and they they 
didn't even sweat it. They just handled it like champs. And, and yeah, Jacob came up with an interception to, to keep him out. So, And I wanted to talk to you about Jacob. Kind of a quiet guy. He's very humble. He's not going to be, you know, typically you think cornerbacks in your face, getting after it. <laughs> kind of like Coach Prime when he was back yeah. as a cornerback back in yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah. Jacob's kind of a quiet guy, but man, it feels like he's really finding his his stride. He's been good for the past couple of years, but now he really feels like he is taking ownership of that cornerback position. Yeah, absolutely. He's a he's a great athlete, uh, super athletic, right? But he's also super smart, um, and so uh, you know that's you know he's back there. Him and Eddie, you know, understand the situation, understand what the offense are about to do, um, and and. So yeah, he's 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 great. Yeah, nothing more to say. I mean, his his play, you know, Saturday night shows enough. Um, it was uh, it was really cool. Even give you a, a little a little insight here, uh, just uh, for you know fans. Just something something cool that we do right is we have a we have a great team of sports scientists, and so they uh, they track right our speed, acceleration, impacts. Right, so they 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 track a bunch of different stuff throughout the game, um, and so one thing that was really cool uh, is that in our meeting on Monday we're able to track our, our speeds, and so Doctor Main gets up and he says the person who hit the highest speed during the game was Marcus McKenzie wow. right um, on kickoff, right? So he's running down, and, and Marcus made you know some great plays for us on Saturday, so he had the highest top speed. Mm. Um, but the other cool part of this was he was like. Uh, when when we see a DB get burnt, um, we see a jump in their top speed, right? How how high they hit, and he's like um, Eddie. Um, I think Eddie Cam and Jacob Robinson all stayed under 19 miles an hour, which means they were never wow. out of position playing catch up. Wow! Um, so that's just like a cool little yeah, nugget, um, you know, for 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 you guys listening, just to. To see like these guys are really they're really good <laughs> like they when we're when we're talking about lockdown you know they're in position if someone if a if a receiver is you know running a perfect route and catching a perfect ball there's really nothing you can do about it but that that just goes to show that these guys are playing very technically sound and are and are great at what they do so that's a nice luxury for this defense and and BYU's had some good cornerbacks as of late but it feels like the the trio of of Jacob Robinson, Heckard, and Camden Garrett's a quite the nice grouping, especially when you guys line up in that nickel package on the defense. And Marcus McKenzie too, one of those runs he had on, on special teams as a gunner. Rico kind of had a low punt, and he was there with the return man instantly. <laughs> yeah, and it was a low punt; it wasn't a yeah. high hang time punt, and he was there. He he is a freaky fast guy. How? What was the 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 speed. Do you remember? I say, did I mention that? No, yeah. I think he hit 22 miles. An wow. Hour. Yeah. He was, you know, people like, Oh, you know, maybe, maybe he wasn't that. No, it was 22 miles Jeez. an hour. Right. And in full pads. Right. So that's, that's another thing people don't anticipate is you've got a helmet and shoulder pads and to be able to, to be able to move that fast. And what, what's your speed that you've got your high end that you've reached, you know, I have no idea. No, no, no. I, I should ask Sky. <laughs> probably not. Probably not quite that high. <laughs> Dr. Main has brought a kind of a next level mindset. You kind of touched on it a little bit last week about the the changes with the Big 12 and nutrition. I think it was an underrated thing that people don't realize. With Doc Main, he's he's brought kind of all these different dynamics and kind of almost sports science to the program that probably lends some great insight, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Colby Clawson, right, is now our director of performance, right? He kind of oversees um, – 
uh, a variety of things, including right the weight room and the uh, training room. Um, uh, Doctor Main is yeah he's he's a little bit more dedicated to um, kind of the performance aspect of it right they they still make sure that guys are healthy you know coming back from injury or anything nagging right they they work great with the training room just to make sure that we are doing what we need to give our bodies the best opportunity to perform um, and so it's it's been it's been huge right just a lot more again a lot more data driven um, responses and a lot more data driven uh, approaches to, to training. Do you respond well to the data? Do you like that kind of information being presented at you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. There's uh, you know, we have some new equipment in the weight room, which is, which is really cool. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting. We, uh, again, track our power output, which is, you know, something that's a little, a little bit different. Right. Um, and, uh, just uh today we got a message from you know our uh, our um strength coach saying hey good news 35 guys hit a new peak power wow. on their on you know on their squat so like that you know that's super cool to see um and it's it, i think it's super useful again in assessing where guys are at and if where we're improving and how we're improving BYU holds Sam Houston with 38 rushing yards, 147 passing yards. That has to feel pretty good to be under holding an opponent under 200 yards. Uh, do you feel like this can be sustained? And in this defense, was not just some one game, and this is something that week two, and you guys can string this together, and this can be your identity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's exactly what we're looking to do uh, this this coming week, right? Is just to make sure everybody knows it wasn't a fluke, right? Definitely. And this week, you guys are going to face Southern Utah, and you're going to be donning the new Navy blue lids. You like those? Big yeah. Fan? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know how many people actually saw a difference in them. They're probably just like, that's just another Navy helmet, guys. The, uh, <laughs> the, the uniform geeks like myself definitely noticed those, those differences. It was the same decal from the Notre Dame game that kind of stretch wide. And then the, there were speckles of royal blue. Yeah. Yeah. Connor rocked little, that pretty well. Yeah. There's, there's a little, uh, there's a little royal flake in there. There's a little flake <laughs> and there's a little royal flake in there. So it, they're, they're pretty awesome helmets. Did, we didn't talk in 2021 on in this weekly segment. Did were you a fan of the navy blue helmets when they were there? People feel like they're cursed because yeah, you guys no. went one and three during that season with those. Yeah, that wasn't. <laughs> guys, don't buy into the uniform hype. It's just it's called you win some and you lose some, but it's not because of the uniform. Okay, um, I'm just I'm glad you're saying it because I've always felt that way. But sometimes I go the the. The navy blue was it cursed or not? <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, no. 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 The navy. The navy's not cursed. Uh, just you know, luck of the draw. I guess that you know we lost a couple games in it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Nothing there more than uh, nothing more than there than a good looking uniform. That's all. School started today as of this recording. How's that going? Uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back in school this is actually my last semester so i'll graduate in december so i'm i'm super stoked about that my my wife beat me to the punch uh by about a year she graduated last december Congrats, so um, i'm finally trying to catch up and uh 
and you know catch up to her and, and graduate. So not in too heavy of a load. Did some summer work, so uh, fall's pretty chill. Got three classes, uh, only ones in person. So it's uh, great. Yeah, it's 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 really just the last couple of things. Got some great <laughs> professors. So excited to to finish school up. I've always wondered with guys that get close to the finish line on their degree, do you just kind of take basic classes like golf or just, you know, like some, just basically be kind of in a way a pro athlete, but still a college athlete, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, uh, most, most of the time you take those classes in the fall, uh, you know, while you're trying, <laughs> while you're trying to avoid your hard classes uh, in the middle of your degree, that's when you're normally taking bowling, you know, that's what I've been doing, bowling and guitar and, you know, those couple other classes uh, to squeeze in some filler credits during the fall. Do you play guitar? No, no. <laughs> I was gonna say I've heard uh, slightly. I've heard Chica, yeah. uh, reserve safety. He likes guitar. Yeah, yeah. And then also, I think, uh, gosh, there was one other player, but uh, Chica Ebu Noha. He's a uh, he's a guitar player. Yeah, yeah. No, we we definitely have some guitar guys on the team. I, I can I can mess around. I do have a ukulele that I okay. play a lot better than a guitar. That's what happens when you're on a mission for two years <laughs> and you just. Got a little bit of extra time on your hands, and you can't watch movies or anything, so you pick up an instrument. So I like that, and I'm glad that you bring up the mission because for the first time, I I'm convinced we can talk about an opponent that has an older return missionary <laughs> at quarterback. No, yeah. and, and it's just it's just a you know unique yeah. nuance because I think other teams when they scout BYU, well, it's going to be mature older guys. Totally. So then Utah does bring in a, a veteran quarterback, Justin Miller, who you're going to try to. You know, get some sacks on, of course, this week. And Southern Utah last week, they gave Arizona State a close call. They were 5-6 and six last year, the T-Birds, but they got a quarterback in Justin Miller who threw for 2,800 yards, 20 touchdowns, pretty good QBR. What do you – did that catch your attention that they gave yeah. ASU a, a run for their money? Yeah, absolutely. Um Absolutely. How could it not? Uh, it, was, it was a close game, right? And uh, it – it kind of went back and forth, and you didn't really know where the game was going to go. And so, um, absolutely, and yeah, SU's quarterback is experienced, right? He's played he's played a lot of football, uh, played a lot of games, has thrown like you said, he's thrown quite a few passes. So, um, I think I think they're you know a pretty experienced team. Um, I think that clearly they want to go out; they're hungry to go out and win some games. Um, and so. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good competition uh, come Saturday, and I'm really excited for it. Do BYU fans, and, and not pointing at fans, and just in general. You fans are terrible. <laughs> no, just kidding. Do, we we, do, do folks not respect enough some of these teams? You know, because I, like, I feel like part of the long face was simply the logo on Sam Houston's face, our helmet. Yeah. You know, because I, I just always go back to – that UTSA, your first year, yeah. uh, 27-20, BYU was a five-touchdown favorite, yet people thought it was the end of the world because they only won by seven. That team since has gone like 27-6. and six. Yeah. And I remember Tuiaki was saying, you throw UCLA logos on that helmet, you wouldn't know the difference because of how athletic they are. And I say that because I think Sam Houston and Southern Utah, you look at the logo on the lid and you say, automatic win, anything yeah. less than a 30-point beatdown, uh, unacceptable. But there's talent everywhere in college football is what I'm getting at. Oh, you got to be ready absolutely. to go. Yeah, absolutely. You got to you got to think it's what is it like I can't remember the exact stati- the exact s- statistics, excuse me, but um there's a lot of uh there's there's a lot of people out there who wanted and want to play football at the next level that doesn't always end up being the division 1 level, 
but that doesn't mean that they weren't Division One yep. caliber. Um, SCU has a running back that uh, I'm trying. I'm spacing on Brady his name, Whistler. Right? Yeah, that uh, Tarji Lamson to the backup. Yeah, yeah, that that we offered at yep. BYU. I think it was Tarji that we uh, that BYU had offered. You yep. know, him coming out of high school. So you look at these guys, and it's like, well, they're they're inferior, and it's like not necessarily. A lot of these guys just it just sometimes it's luck of the draw. They didn't get recruited. Whatever life happens, and they ha- end up having to go a different route, JUCO, and it doesn't mean that they're inferior dudes. Yep. And I think that's some sometimes uh, a lot of people forget. I think players even forget it. Right? They have dudes. They have guys that are going to go out and make plays. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, how how good you think you are, how good you know we think our team is. At the end of the day. They have guys that are going to come out and play just as hard, right? And that's that's part of the sport. That's part of the competition. That's why we do it. That's why we we love it, right? Is because it's not just like oh, we're going to roll over them. You you never you never. I mean, you look last last night, Duke and Clemson. Yeah. To you know to bring that yeah. into perspective, you've got the number nineteen team in the nation, and and they get beat twenty eight to seven. Stomped. You know, I mean that. Yeah. That just goes to show that you have you better bring it every single time you step on the field, and if you don't, there is a large opportunity for someone to take advantage of that and beat you when they shouldn't. Twelve, guar- twelve guaranteed opportunities each year, and yeah. you guys got your second one coming up on Saturday. Looking forward to it. Tyler kickoff at one o'clock, and it'll be on ESPN Plus and KSL News Radio. Get extended pregame started at nine a.m. So best of luck, Tyler, and uh, looking forward to it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mitch. That's Tyler Batty once again here on Cougar Tracks every single week throughout the BYU football season. He'll give you the perspective from a player as the Cougars navigate their first year as a member of the Big 12 Conference. We will talk to you next week recapping Southern Utah and look ahead to the Arkansas Razorbacks here on Cougar Tracks, and it's powered by kslsports.com.